Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, I've got a fun show in store for you guys today. Um, I, I don't this this first guest, Jonathan Beskin. He is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author. His book, The Least Likely Millionaire. Now. Before I bring him up here, I just got to read you some of this because th- this is the kind of stuff books are made out of. Oh, that's right. That's his book. It says, from mental hospital to millionaire, everyone told Jonathan Beskin that his ideas would never work. His business would never succeed. He would be a failure. He endured bullying and abuse from family, peers, teachers, and even doctors, but he refused to believe them. The Least Likely Millionaire, it's the name of the book, is a triumphant memoir of overcoming crippling anxiety, toxic parenting, and a total lack of support to start and build a wildly successful company in spite of the naysayers. Now, I have him on the phone with us right now. Jonathan, I love this story. This is like kind of that underdog story that everybody needs to hear. First of all, tell us about yourself a little bit and then walk us through a little bit. And, you know, I got a lot of questions along the way. I'll stop you. But walk us through Least Likely Millionaire. But first of all, who is Jonathan Beskin from Mental Hospital to Millionaire? Give us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, Alan. I'm uh, very excited to be here. And that was uh, quite an introduction. I uh, hope I can live up to uh, that hype. Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of a headline for the book to grab attention, but it's true, both as an adolescent and as an adult, I was hospitalized for severe anxiety and depression. It's something that I've struggled with my entire life. I think it's kind of genetic, and it's something that what I've really been able to do is harness the symptoms, uh, particularly from anxiety and um, uh, having an elevated, you know, kind of racing thoughts, elevated way of thinking, and turn that into uh, personal and financial success. So I started my first company, Single Swag, which became one of the fastest growing companies in America. It's a women's lifestyle subscription box. I started that in 2016. When I had no money, I started the business with under $2,000. Wow. Within five years, the company had done over $60 million in revenue uh, profitably. Oh, wow. uh, since then, we've done over $80 million in revenue, and uh, we've shipped over $3 million boxes, jewelry, fashion accessories, books, food, to over 30 countries around the world to our subscriber base. And the book is really a journey of, of my personal story, some specific things I overcame in my life, and some actionable advice for other aspiring entrepreneurs or people looking to overcome similar obstacles in their lives. You know, as you were saying that, I thought, well, he's describing the feeling that every entrepreneur has when they're starting their business. I don't care who you are. I've had the exact same scenario when I did businesses. People told me I was crazy. You're going to go broke. You're going to go do this. I did go broke one time. But you know what? Sometimes you need to go broke to be able to kind of uh, have the reset that you need, the ego reset, the 
the uh, the research reset, the side of you that is a wild stallion that thinks it can do no wrong. That's that reset that I'm talking about through having failure in your life. Failure is part of success, believe it or not. And so many folks, they think, you know, if, if it doesn't work, oh, I'm a failure and I, I uh, just, uh, you know, forget it. No. What do they say? Try, try again, right? Because you've learned so much from it. Failing is not a sin. It's a part of the learning experience. So I, I thought I felt all those exact same things. But of course, you know, the, the culture that we're in today, I think calls that sometimes mental health. I would think that many of us entrepreneurs are literally mental health cases <laughs> to the rest of the world. Would you agree? Uh, I would totally agree. I think that mental illness is not something that a lot of people are comfortable talking about, that yeah, there is a no kind of sometimes a societal stigma associated with it. I think for me, there were some specific uh, things like suicidal ideation right. and things like this. And a lot of that, you know, that really negative and low places in my life came out of not having things to occupy my brain on. Yeah. So I didn't really have enough going on. And I think what a business gave me was something to focus on at a hyper intense level. It's something that I call a healthy obsession. Yeah. And it's something that I really thought about uh, from every angle, yeah. uh, every waking moment. And it really became something that uh, allowed my brain to focus and able to kind of harness that energy, these anxious thoughts, these mm. depressive thoughts, uh, for something that, that ultimately led to a very positive outcome for my life. All right, hold tight. We can take a break right here. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, as they say. And a man that can overcome, what does it say? Uh, a man that can overcome himself is greater than a man that can overcome 10,000 men in battle. I think it was Lao Tzu that said something like that. I'm sure I botched it up, but you get it. You get it. We'll take a break. Jonathan Beskin joining us. JonathanBeskin.com, B-E-S-K-I-N. Uh, dot com on the web. His book is The Least Likely Millionaire. More from me and Jonathan right after this. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. It's my fun job to interview entrepreneurs. This is Entrepreneur Weekly, part of Entrepreneur Media. And our website, what do you think it is? Yes, entrepreneur.com. Same with Jonathan Beskin. 
His company, Singles, with an S, Singles Swag, just added .com on the end, singleswag.com if you want to know more about that. $80 million worth of uh, subscription boxes sent all over the whole world. And so that's that's his business. His book, best-selling author, The Least Likely Millionaire. Everybody told him he was going to blow it, and he did not blow it. He uh, blew their mind <laughs> by proving them wrong. Jonathan, this book, maybe give us a little on the book. Was there, and maybe it's a two-part question, give us your favorite chapter, and maybe that favorite chapter, or maybe it is not, what was the hardest chapter for you to write? Because it's a memoir. You're looking back at your life, and some of it's kind of painful, right? So give us two of those. Yeah, I definitely can do that. And uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head uh, with kind of the second part of the question about being hard to write. And I think particularly the memoir aspects of the book, things that happened to me in my life that were really incredibly negative and and hard to deal with. I really loved writing the actionable advice and the stuff that made me successful as an entrepreneur and the specific actions that I took that led to success in my company. But some things that come to mind, I mean, the book starts with me literally getting beat up in front of my entire high school at a public park because I opened my mouth to the wrong people. Mm. Uh, The second chapter begins with me being an active part of a bank robbery, not the kind of perpetrator of the robbery, but I was a branch manager earlier in my career and was involved in a a literal bank robbery in a Washington, D.C. area. Wow. And uh, another chapter begins with kind of the culmination of a a Jewish youth is uh, a bar mitzvah, and my estranged father uh, got up in front of the whole congregation and instead of congratulating me on this milestone in front of all my family and friends that were there, uh, had a speech that kind of degraded my mother, talked negatively about me and my mother and, and things of that nature, was asked to leave. So really some true trauma that anyone, an adult, a kid, I was 13 years old at that time, really shouldn't have to uh, deal with. And, and that was really difficult to, you know, put out there and, and really oh. relive because these are kind of memories that I try to kind of put behind a, uh, a wall in my brain that, that just uh, I don't like to actively think about. But again, uh, like you said, are things that if these things didn't occur in my life, I would not have achieved what I achieved. I would not have become the person I am. And ultimately, it's made me a much stronger person. Uh, Hopefully, as a parent, I can do better than in a lot of ways my father Mm. uh, did for me. And that's probably my primary objective in in life at this point. And the book really allowed me to kind of tell that story. But I think ultimately end on a, uh, a much more positive light and really give people, I think, the advice they need to get to the next level. So aspiring entrepreneurs, people that are looking to change their life in significant ways, run marathons, overcome, you know, incredibly challenging obstacles or or impediments to their success, whatever success may look like to them, hearing this story and hearing my story hopefully will be helpful and hopefully will produce more of uh, the least likely millionaires that I know are out there. I love it. I absolutely love it because you know what? Uh, The traumas of our youth echo throughout our adulthood in the form of what they call today PTSD, post-trauma 
uh, you know, p- p- post-traumatic, what do they call it? PTSD? You know what it is. I don't know what... What does that stand for? Ah, there we go. I have it, evidently. We'll take a break. <laughs> Jonathan, you're, you're, you're a good sport here. We're, this is so important. Let's finish on the other side and, and have you give some advice to a guy like me that has PDST, PPTS, whatever it is. We'll be right back. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Is there one of us in this audience, in the listening world out there, that does not have some kind of PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder? Some kind of trauma from our parents, from, like Jonathan Beskin said, the high school bully, failure. Um, fear, doubt, whatever it may be. Jonathan had all of them and overcame. By the way, I looked that up. It was a man who can conquer himself is greater than a man who can conquer 10,000 men in battle. And so this role of entrepreneurs is where we are learning how to conquer our fears, learning how to conquer our doubts, learning how to conquer just the world that comes at us that says we're not good enough. Jonathan, you did it. Congratulations. You overcame. And it ain't easy, but I'm glad you wrote this book, The Least Likely Millionaire. I'm glad because for those who are going through the same kind of fears, doubts, and traumas in their lives, you may be able to shine a light unto their feet, a lamp unto their feet, I might say, on the path of getting back. So with that said, from your book, maybe you said the parts of it you liked writing about was how you got to your success. Can you put those into, you know, three points, bullet points or something for us? I can, Alan, and uh, thank you. And I think the the biggest main point that I can elaborate on is the the concept of healthy obsession. And what that means to me and what I articulate in the book is how I can channel all of the things going on in my life. So the racing thoughts and even if, if whether people present it as identifying as anxiety or stress or whatever it is in your life, how you can use that as fuel and how you can harness that energy into something positive. So for me, it's that, you know, people get overwhelmed. I enjoy being overwhelmed. I thrive when I'm overwhelmed because it gives me something positive to focus on. I can either use that time being overwhelmed to being upset about it, to ruminating on the fact that I'm overwhelmed, to ruminating that I have too much going on. Instead, you know, I don't just sit there in my room and watch TV and kind of, uh, you know, go out drinking or partying or anything like that. I really make a lot of sacrifices to better myself, to better my family's future. And that's kind of what I did in this book. And I think, you know, one point that I always like to address is that what I did in building this company that's unique is that I uh, learned a lot of skills on my own. People told me that I could never scale a business this level without raising money, without bringing in smart money with expertise in digital advertising and merchandising. I taught myself, I had a background in corporate finance and banking for about 10 years coming out of undergrad, and I taught myself digital advertising. I didn't have the money to be able to pay a boutique agency, and I scaled 
on our ad spend completely on my own, watching free videos online, <laughs> uh, reading it. as much as I could. Yeah. And I scaled it from $20 a day to over 10000 a day for over five years Oof. to where we became an enterprise level spender on Facebook. We're getting access to beta testing. We have an account management team. And that was something that people told me directly to my face that were in this industry, you're never going to be able to do that. What do you know about marketing to this audience? And the audience was single women. I'm a uh, single guy, a heterosexual guy. Like, what do you know about single women? How can you build this business? How can you even pick products that are for that? And I was able to do it. I was able to overcome everybody telling me this. And I think there's a kind of a misconception or a lot of misnomers out there that if you don't have a background in digital advertising, you can't learn this skill set. If you don't know how to post organically on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, that it's not something that you can do that you need to hire other people to do that for you. And I think there's so much value in doing it yourself. And, you know, there's really two key reasons why. Number one, it's going to save you a lot of money. There's kind of more money in your pocket. But number two, as your business scales, which I know if you follow, you know, this kind of formula will, you're going to have this kind of foundational knowledge already of these skills. So when you do get to a point where you do start to work with partners and higher agencies, you're going to be able to speak that language. A lot of people who have companies that work with digital advertising providers and business to business companies, may just need to rely completely on what they're being told, whether it's true or not, because they have no knowledge base in it. This is something and just kind of one area that I'm mentioning that I was able to establish expertise in that now I can kind of use that expertise in a number of different businesses, yeah. a number of different areas. I was able to do the same thing with merchandising for our business where we started to produce a lot of the products that go in our boxes That's overseas, great. bring them in as opposed to working exclusively with third parties. So I really encourage entrepreneurs and business owners to do as much as they can on their own, make it their healthy obsession for as long as they can as possible. I love it from mental health issues to self-taught, self-made, uh, millionaire, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, kicked trauma's ass, kicked PTSD's ass, wrote a book, best-selling author, $80 million in sales. If Jonathan Beskin can do it, so can you. You can pick up his book, The Least Likely Millionaire, or you can check out his website. It's uh, singlesswag.com or Paradise Delivered. He has another. He bought another company. Got a lot going on, Jonathan. JonathanBeskin.com. Thank you for sharing your story. Congratulations on your success. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. This show kicked ass. Appreciate right, it. Thanks. I love these kind of stories. All right. There's more after this. It's Entrepreneur Weekly. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The Maloof Foundation is confronting this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But this cause can't be won alone. Learn how you can join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org.
You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. This next guy I know, and I'm telling you, I love him. He knows that I've told him that. I just absolutely love this guy because he's so transparent, so honest about his, well, his personal life, his journey, his business. And, you know, it's kind of a lot of a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have all kinds of traumas in their life and they have emotional health problems and they, you know, they 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 love business. They're passionate, but they they take all this stuff that the baggage of life into their business with them. And our next guest is Raj Jana. He is the CEO of Liberate with its L-I-B-E-R, the number eight, liberate.health on the web. And his story is interesting. And I, I don't know how much of it he wants to share, but uh, in the past, he's been incredibly forthright with, listen, the problem with us, and welcome, Raj, the problem with us mm, men in particular is that we think we have to wear this suit of armor, this facade for the world. When I'm finding in my life that the more that I'm willing to be vulnerable, but know where the boundaries are and understand a little bit of psychology about life and about my own life and my own personal traumas, because listen, we have them. We have them. They, sometimes they start when you're five or eight years old. Mine was when I was eight. I got a little trauma thing and I carried it with me till I was in my thirties. And one day I had the aha moment. I was like, I have been living this trauma and it doesn't even exist anymore, but it's in me still. So you would liberate, of course, how liberating is it when you have the aha moment of, I don't have to live that trauma anymore. I don't have to live that lie anymore, whatever it is. So now I've said all that and then people are like, all right, well, what the hell is liberate? So I'll start with that. Tell, tell people what Liberate is in your words. Liberate is a company where we develop programs to help people track and resolve emotional trauma, childhood trauma, any types of beliefs that are getting in the way of you living a fully meaningful and authentic life, really anything that stops you from having the things you want. You know, when I think about my entrepreneurial journey, you know, I built and sold my first company Back in 2019, I was 27 when I sold. And when I looked at a lot of my behaviors and how I was building the company, I was hustling my butt off. I was working, 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 working. And I burned out at the end of my tenure. It was one of the young age that I'd done. Yeah. Yeah. And I was burning out. My relationships were in complete shambles. I was in complete, like, just nervous system dysregulation. And that's when I hit my breaking point and I realized just how much my need to prove myself, my need to look a certain way, my need to make the money, my need to stay busy was all rooted in trauma because if you're living your purpose and if you're building a company that's truly in alignment with who you are and your vision, you don't get burned out. Right. You just get more alive. Right. And so that was the first real sort of awakening of like, wow, I built this, this amazing company. We were doing a lot of great in the world. But I was dying, and that's when I knew something needed to change. Whoo, man, that's a heavy realization right there. And you were, were you in your 20s or early 30s at the time? I was 27 at the time, and oh I, and, and that's when the real work began, right? Like, it's most people think that when you have an exit or when you leave your company, that's when like you can start to chill, but 
you know, for me, that's when the voices got louder. Yeah. That's when I felt purposeless. I felt like there was like, what do I do next? And then I'm in a nine year relationship and now it's like, okay, Raj, like maybe that's what I need to focus on being in this relationship and learning how to be in that relationship. And that's then when all of my trauma with relating and being intimate and being able to open up and be seen in partnership. And, you know, it's like, it's almost like my work was a cover up. Like I kept working really hard so I didn't have to go and do all the other things. The stuff that was really scary to me, which was connecting and being vulnerable in partnerships and, and having that connection. And so it was really eye opening for me because, you know, and on one hand it was, it was liberating to have the resources, but then on the other hand, it was also really somewhat of a trap where I was just stuck in this loop of not feeling enough, of feeling like I needed to do more, of feeling like feeling purposeless and lost and, and not feeling like I had a direction to move in. And I think that that's a big part of, you know, at least a lot of my own entrepreneurial friends and colleagues, like we all kind of hit this peak where we're climbing this mountain, we're trying to hit this thing and then we achieve it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, what's next? Because we don't realize that it was our trauma that was pushing us to perform. Yeah, It was our beliefs about money or our need to feel validated and worthy that was pushing us. And so then when we reach it, it doesn't feel great. It's just empty. Right. And then it's confusing and it's a giant existential crisis. Yeah. What's funny is, you know, even comedian Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone could be a millionaire so they could experience the fact that it's not all there is to life. I would just want to let people know that Raj here, Raj Jana, he is a award-winning businessman. His first company was Java Press, a lifestyle coffee brand. Helped over 500,000 individuals use coffee as a vehicle to achieve more daily fulfillment, experiencing over 800% growth in the first few years, winning awards after awards after awards, including being endorsed by Damon John from Shark Tank, featured in a whole bunch of competitive magazines I'm not going to mention, and of course, the most important one, Entrepreneur Magazine, and now on our radio show. (laughs) Um, So tell us, how did you... After going through all of this, um, we'll have to take a break in about yeah. 30 seconds here, but where did Liberate come from? And I want, again, people to know how to, to find this on the web. It's L-I-B-E-R and the number eight dot health, not dot com, dot health. Give me a 30-second elevator pitch on Liberate. Where did it start? Well, Liberate started after I kind of exited my last company and I was working on my own mental and emotional well-being and I was throwing everything I could at the problem. I was going to therapy. I was doing all sorts of different modalities. I had a hypnotherapist. I was traveling all over the place to try and get help. And I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And I didn't know what tools to choose. I didn't know where to go for help. And in that journey, I started panicking. And I started having serious panic attacks because I was, I thought I was broken. I thought that there was something wrong with me. And as and then I, I all right hold that, hold really hold, hold it's a it's yeah. a good place to stop for a second and I'm playing Michael Jackson the man in the mirror right <laughs> so don't go anywhere uh, Raj John is going to join us here again for another couple segments uh, the company liberate dot health such an interesting story and maybe he can help you so uh, stay with us you'll learn more we'll be right back it's Entrepreneur Weekly I see the kids in the street but not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them eat? I saw 
Are you paying too much for business insurance? Do you have critical gaps in your coverage? Entrepreneur Insurance can help you find out. In 6 out of 10 policies, business owners are paying too much for property, general liability, or workers' comp insurance. Entrepreneur Insurance can help you identify ways to save and any gaps in coverage. Head to entrepreneur.com slash insurance to complete the questionnaire and get a personalized quote. It's an easy way to find out if you're paying too much. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash insurance. Raj Jana Joe, uh, joining us right here. It's J-A-N-A, Raj Jana, the company Liberate, L-I-B-E-R, the number eight dot health. Raj, uh, you and I have become friends over, I don't know, it's been the last few months. I met you at a event with uh, Ariely Capital over in uh, Utah. You're in Colorado, as I remember. And um, what I want to know is how, how does Liberate help people because I, you, you said something there and I, I had to cut you off because of the commercial break but we're all broken we're all broken i don't care how unbroken people think they are we're all broken and we're all in different stages of brokenness and we tend to seek guidance from people that have also been broken and found you know the cure you might say the aha moment of the brokenness and then it frees them because the truth will set you free and sometimes you just need to hear the truth from a good friend for me, I would love to hear that truth from you, but you couldn't find anything to tell me that was wrong with me. So thank you. But anyway, what about everybody else? <laughs> Go for it. Oh, man. Um, so I guess on my journey, I'll just use myself as an example. You know, I knew I had stress. I knew I was having challenges. I was getting really triggered. I was feeling really afraid. I had fears and worries and anxieties. And I would try to go to therapy to solve the problem, which is what most people do. Right. We go to therapy, we try to talk it out. And I kept trying to talk it out and nothing would work. And I just kept trying meditations and breath works and listening to podcasts and books and going to retreats. And I really didn't feel like I was actually getting the results that I wanted, which was I wanted to feel better. And that's when, you know, the idea for Liberate came to be, which is in the same way that you might go draw your blood and then go get a blood panel before you start making health changes or diet changes, why don't we do the same thing with our mental and emotional health? Why aren't we running emotional lab reports to like really get underneath the hood and see, okay, what are the root causes of me experiencing these symptoms of anxiety? Right. Like what are the what are the underlying programs and beliefs and and things that are underneath the hood? What are the hidden traumas that I don't know about? And so liberate what we do is before we ever make a recommendation, we and our flagship product is an emotional lab report. So what we'll do is if you buy an emotional lab report on our website, you'll then get access to our app, which we then begin to track your emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. So cool. We then do a deep analysis to understand, okay, what is going on in your mind, in your body, in your emotions when you're experiencing any level of stress and collect all that data to then say, okay, for you, hypnosis is the best. For you, meditation is the best. For you, this type of book is the best. For you, this type of therapy is the best. And most importantly, we teach you how to actually go into different types of therapeutic environments with the right mindset so that you can get the most out of the money you're paying for sessions. 
So it really is something that's like your co-pilot. It's like, you know, you're going to go do therapy anyways. Like uh, we affectionately say, you know, our emotional lab reports allow you to accomplish three years worth of traditional talk therapy in three months because we're giving you all your data. And we're doing that, that deep dive analysis so that you can be equipped with the information you need to get the results that you're actually paying for, just not getting because it's not your fault. It's just, it's hard to actually make changes by just addressing symptoms when there's a deeper root cause that's contributing to the whole thing. Right. And sadly, the world we live in today, there's too many, there's too many psychologists and psychiatrists that are just willing to give you some sort of an antidepressant or something like that where yeah. the, the pill is not the answer. It may be nope. a temporary little fix, but the reality is it may not be good even to take that route. It may be a better idea to find some emotional diagnostic tools from Liberate and be liberated from the problem completely instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it. A Band-Aid that will make you uh, dependent on the Band-Aid instead of actually fixing the problem. Yeah, so, that's, that's the big piece. You know, When you actually look at the root and you begin to massage the root instead of massaging the symptom, yeah. you experience radical changes. I mean, we've seen people in our communities literally like improve their health markers in ways that they never have, get their sleep back, digestion's better than ever. Relationships are improving overnight because you're not just soothing a symptom. You're actually addressing the root causes that are contributing to whatever you're experiencing today. Right. And when the root changes, your life changes. And that's the big piece that a lot of the clients that come through our world see in their lives. I mean, miraculous changes within three months of implementing mm. some of the recommendations that come after you do a deep dive analysis. So these guys have tools to reverse negative impacts of childhood trauma. I'm noticing that right now on the website. It took me 30 years till I was in my 30s to get over just something that was, you know, a little, uh, it was really, you could say it was a little thing, but it mm -hmm. was such an impactful little thing. I'm playing this song oh, particularly. Yeah. It's called Here Comes the Sun from the Beatles. Um, give me a price range real quick. Of, is, it, is it a person's going to spend between uh, $500 and $5,000 for this kind of... Give me nope. that. Uh, our emotional lab reports are $199. You get a 90-minute one-on-one session with someone on our team, wow. lifetime access to our app, a community on the back end, lots of curriculums and tools and resources Great. that you can use. And then... If you want to do a deep dive, we have a six hundred dollar program. Okay, that's so it's more like three one on one. Two hundred yeah, to six hundred. It's meant to be something that's yeah. affordable. Yeah. And and our intention is to teach you how to fish. Oh, right? hold like, on. We don't want you to become hold reliant on. on our system. You you just said the word I'm a fisherman, so now you got to stay with us another segment. <laughs> when we come back, Raj John is gonna he's gonna give you guys some of the secret sauce to his success as an award winning businessman here in his early thirties. Well, uh, this is Entrepreneur Weekly. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The National Children's Alliance reports that almost 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year, with 65% of child abuse cases involving sexual exploitation. The Maloof Foundation exists to confront this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But making a difference can't be done alone. To create the greatest impact, they're going to need your help and mine. 
Do like I did and join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to confront child sexual exploitation and learn how you can preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity. I just want to repeat this one last time. The National Children's Alliance reports almost 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year. You can help. Let's do it together at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. I love learning from people that have companies with a deep mission. I think that company is Liberate. Liberate is spelled L-I-B-E-R. And the number eight for the uh, searching it on the web, liberate.health. And Raj Jana is joining us. But he mentioned fishing, and I'm a fisherman, so... I need you now to give me that. And then I want three of the most valuable chunks of gold that you can give us for entrepreneurs that are on a journey. You were a huge success. I mean, you, I looking at all the awards and things and it was fantastic. And even though you were a huge success, it was killing you. So these are important things. And you're now building this new company liberate with deep mission. So uh, tell me about the fishing I don't remember what I was talking about fishing, so might as well just jump into the tips if you're okay with that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but let me tell you, it depends on what you're fishing for, depending on the bait you use. There, that's my tip. Now you go. There it is. There it is. You got a fishing tip. In. Um, well, I guess I can talk about you know what worked at my first company and then what I'm doing differently with my second. Okay. You know, one thing that has always been really important at my companies is having vision. And, you know, I read a, a book by a guy named Cameron Harold early on in my journey, and the book was called Vivid Vision. And it was about painting a picture as the CEO, as the leader of where you want your company to be in three to five years and what it feels like. How much money are you making? How do your customers feel? What are the different departments? What kind of products are you selling? What's the brand? And taking the time to really feel it and express it and put it on paper and use that in all of your recruiting. Because if you can go recruit with vision first, as opposed to recruiting with salary or recruiting with anything else, but if you can inspire people with a vision and show them what you think is possible here, what type of impact they can make, you can get talent to show up in ways that no paycheck will. And I think those intrinsic motivators, those things that really light people up has been one of the things that did really well at my last company, you know, at Java Press, we were helping people use coffee to live a happy life. We were helping them stay grounded and we had a lot of positivity and a lot of beauty we were sharing. <laughs> That's Literally great. pun intended. Yeah, right. And now it liberates, it's an even bigger mission of wanting to help people come back to themselves and liberate their infinite, most nourishing and confident selves and move beyond traumas. And so... I think starting with vision is so important and I think most entrepreneurs don't do that. They just focus on the numbers and the nitty gritty, but vision can be a hell of a marketing tactic and it can be a fantastic tool for recruiting. Mm. So I think that's one of the biggest tips that I've learned and have continued using. And then I think the biggest one right now for me is to really empower a team. One of the best tips I received from a mentor early on is a 90 is still an A. You know, when I was in college, if I got a 90 on a test, I'd be ecstatic. But for some reason, most entrepreneurs 
have a hard time giving up control or delegating because they're trying to make everything perfect and they want everything to be a hundred. Right. But if you can relax your standards and say, Hey, you know what? Actually a 90 is still an A. If someone else can do 90% of what I can do, I'm going to take it off my plate and then coach them to get to the next level or just trust them that a 90 is going to be enough. You open up your capacity to bring on more support and that to me is the ultimate entrepreneurial journey. It's letting go of control. If we want to talk about spirituality and that's a big part of where I'm at in my journey is bringing in, you know, spirituality into my business. And yeah. I think as a spiritual concept of letting go of control and really trusting people to show up and do great is a big part of the journey. And, and I think you can do that by having frameworks like 90 SONA mm -hmm. and having great vision that really inspires people to want to show up. Yep. So. Well, what you're doing when you do that is you are giving people little paradigm shifts because we yeah. get caught up in you know with culture and pressures of life and family and bills and business and succeeding i have to tell you a funny story raj jana joining us right now his company is liberate l-i-b-e-r the number eight dot health look him up it's it's really it's brilliant but i had an interesting situation have you ever heard of robert kiyosaki rich dad poor dad yep so I helped him with one project one time, and when we were done, he says, Alan, I am liberated. You have liberated me. Alan, I've liberated. And we were laughing because I just gave him one little paradigm shift of thinking, and he was stumbling over something. A guy like Robert Kiyosaki was just a brilliant businessman. But when you help somebody to get over a hurdle that's big in their mind, you made them feel something. And it's not what you said. It was how you made them feel. And you always make me feel like... Feel like a woman. Oh, no, that's not the right song. You always make me feel good. <laughs> so thank you for being on with us, Raj. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. You're a good man. You are a good man. Liberate.health. Check it out. That's it for me. Um, I'm going to go get some coffee and feel grounded. We'll be right back. No, no, we won't be right back. We'll see you next time with another edition of Entrepreneur Weekly. See you then. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated.